From Lewis Carroll's bizarre world of fantasy, the delightful adventures of Alice in Wonderland. So Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to what will probably be my last Alice in Wonderland review for a while. I'll be starting another project soon, but I wanted to get in one last episode with Jenna before I move on, so I chose something short and obscure that we could do quickly before I move on to the next thing. Today we're talking about another obscure animated Alice, this time an episode of a fairy tale anthology series by Rankin Bass, the studio best known for their stop-motion Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or The Year Without Santa Claus. This is not stop-motion. This is a cheaply animated 2D series from the 1970s called The Festival of Family Classics, and it's probably just about as generic as the title would seem to suggest. This is probably one of the shortest Alice versions that I've ever done a podcast on. I've done short reviews like back in the day when I was just doing Wonderland Wednesday. So I've reviewed things that are shorter than this, but I think this might be the shortest one I'm actually doing a podcast on with just that. Yeah, like individually. Yeah, because this is only 20 minutes. Like if you don't count the strange cold open, which is just a scene from the middle of the short and then the theme song, it's really only about 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's a, that was a preview for the television broadcast, but it got, it's kind of weird that they keep it in. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't need to be there, but oh well, <laughs> it's here. But yeah, so we got, um, I guess starting off, what I was found interesting about this Alice was that, like, immediately, we didn't have to do anything to search down a better copy. It was already a really good transfer that the owners put onto a DVD. Hmm. it's just kind of nice not have to do anything but <laughs> <laughs> you know not to have to track down a better version or anything it's yeah. just already really good um i mean that said they didn't restore it or you know it's it's just a transfer but like it's a really good one like uh i, I always love when you can see like the shadows under the cells and the scratches on the individual cells and the dust mm-hmm. and yeah at one point when she's even going under the rabbit hole they're using like a multi-plane camera and one of the glasses has some color discoloration on it, you know, mm. which I assume they didn't care about because they thought it wouldn't be visible when broadcasting. Also, at some point, uh, I remember during the Matt Tea Party, there's even like numbers written in the corner on a couple cells. So it's like, I always kind of love that stuff. I think you studied it closer than I did because I didn't notice these things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I noticed in the case of like just the quality of the transfer. So the number thing surprised me because I wasn't looking at it. Like, it, I just saw it. It was just, like, there, and I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, it's just a good transfer, so I don't know. I'm glad. Well, aside from the transfer, <laughs> what are your feelings on this version as oh. an Alice? Yeah, it's kind of funny that I talk about the transfer itself before, <laughs> like, act- um, uh, I don't care for it, to be honest. It's a little too, you know, quote-unquote American for my taste, and... Maybe um, that's the vibe I was getting because it it felt off to me, not not just the fact that it was very shortened, but it just didn't feel right. Yeah, like we actually, I mean, I, I took some notes. Like for instance, they explain what mad, like because Americans don't usually say mad to mean crazy. I mean, like they know it means crazy, but they usually just say crazy. They're just like there, were, there uh, were other things like yeah. that where the the phrasing was off. Like Why the, is a crow the, like a school desk? Yes, that and the treacle well, except it was candy. 
<laughs> yeah. Which so isn't even, like, they could have said molasses. That would have been more accurate than just candy. Yeah, that was that was a strange substitution, I felt like. Um, yeah. That, and Alice is a very, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like this vo- this kind of voice is a little bit more popular during the 70s. Mm. Uh, but more like an American, like, preteen kind of. But she comes across as so whining. Yeah. And, the, you know, like, looking at it, like, really, like, trying to look at it objectively. She's not really doing anything, like, bad, but she just mm-hmm. comes across as whining. But also, my brain just keeps going, that's Dorothy. Because uh, <laughs> she looks like Dorothy to me. Uh, I guess maybe. <laughs> I didn't well, even I mean, think she's about got it, but with, like, the braids and the, braids the style of and clothes. The, yeah, the way the Pinneford is looks like a mid, like turn of the century Pinneford, like Dorothy would have worn. I don't know. So it's like, I just like, that. that's Dorothy. And <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, American. True. It's an American story, so yeah. I, I I don't know. So I just like never really connected to this Alice, to be honest. Like I I rarely watch it. Probably watching for this was like the first time I've watched it in a very long time. And because <laughs> I I know that because I was like I forgot how good the transfer was. Look at that. Like <laughs> <laughs> in a way, that's actually probably why. I'm not that familiar with this one either because I don't when you when you're looking for something like for a better version so you're constantly watching it to like make comparisons but this one already started off with a good transfer so I was like okay I don't ever have to watch this again saying so, it you know <laughs> but to be honest it's just there's some interesting choices but there's just um, not that much in it for me well it's so short like they speed through everything they cut out a ton of stuff it's actually kind of interesting what they did manage to fit in. That is true. There is some stuff yeah. that a lot of versions don't have, like the mock turtle, yeah. even though he's just a turtle. Actually, I, I didn't understand why they included him, of all things, but not the griffin. Yeah, um, it was weird. Yeah. And it wasn't even the right characterization of him. Like, he's upset at the beginning, but then he turns into a jokester, and it's like, that is not the mock turtle. I mean, to be fair, some other versions of the Mock Turtle do that, so I, I can't get too mad <laughs> looking at Gene Wilder here. Um, <laughs> not exactly a jokester, but he also is like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm not sad anymore. I guess I I didn't think of him as being a jokester because like, he is, I don't know, more heartfelt in some moments. This guy was just like, her, her puns, ha ha ha, funny. Yeah. And I don't know that Gene Wilder's version was that but he wasn't he wasn't a traditional mock turtle anyways because of the costume and everything i just always think of gene, gene wilder as kind of a happy mock turtle which made made me think of him anyway so i guess my feelings for this are basically i don't really feel for it at all and while i acknowledge it's not like a horrible version i don't really feel like it encompasses alice's very well so yeah but at the same time, it's not the worst I've seen. It does a decent job. That is true. It is definitely far from the worst. <laughs> like I said, it's not the worst one. Um, but it's also not great. It's just kind of middling. Yeah, I've seen worse than this. But this is not one that I'll probably ever go back to. Yeah, I, I think that's the worst thing about it, is that it's not offensive enough to like watch again out of a hate watch. <laughs> but it's also not, which I do. I do do that. Just... I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I do that. I just do. But it's also not like good enough to watch again to enjoy. So it's just kind of in the middle and forgettable. Yeah. 
Definitely. I think the anime, the, the style is very cute. I will say that. It's very precious moments looking. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it's quite as cute as precious moments tries to be. This is, this is, it's, it's that kind of like why teary looking that was so popular in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't hate that style. I actually do think the character designs are pretty cute. In particular, I thought the caterpillar looked. I really liked the how uh, the caterpillar looked, and I was surprised. I at thought myself. he looked like Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> he looked or like more accurate, more Squidward's chill. cousin. I thought. Yeah, Squilliam. he looks like Squidward's cousin, Chilmer cousin. Just, but he also happens to be a caterpillar <laughs> and a nerd. He looks like a nerd. And he sounded like he was doing a very bored Mr. Smee impression. Yeah. I didn't care for, like, the hair or the Dormouse or the Hatter's designs. I didn't really like any of those. Yeah, and the yeah, Dormouse was way too big. Yeah, I thought the Mount Turtle was cute. The rabbit was eh. But I'd say, actually, what stands out the most about this one is the background work. Um, the backgrounds are actually pretty good. They're very cute and, like, colorful. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd actually, like, I wouldn't mind, like, getting my hands on the backgrounds to just see what they look like. Like, without being animated upon, if that makes sense. Yeah. They look very cute to me, and I I like that. Uh, but other than that, the style is just kind of eh. But it probably would look even better if it wasn't animated so cheaply. Yeah. It's just not very pleasant to look at, even though it's a cute style. Which I, I think is prob- probably its worst sin. It's just, it's just not very fun to look at and watch. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, for instance, the... When I saw, when I watched it again, I was like looking at the shrinking and growing and they just replaced it with a graphic. And it's like, wow, how lazy can you get? <laughs> Especially like it's Alice in Wonderland. You could do an animation where she shrinks and grows and constantly reuse it. It's a TV cartoon production. People aren't expecting more from you. And then they did actually have her shrink later. And I was like, what the heck? Why aren't you reusing <laughs> But anyway, the, the best animation in this whole thing is in the theme song, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. Well, I have a feeling that since this is a TV show, they put that theme song on all the episodes. We're like, we got to do this. Uh, right, oh, no, so. exactly. And Alice isn't even in the theme song, but that's the best <laughs> animation of this whole thing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not too fond of the animation. I did learn it was by a studio called Mushi Studios, or Mushi Productions, and uh, you ever heard of Tezuka, uh, what's his last name, Osamu? Sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not sure. He's kind of like called the Walt Disney anime. He was known for Astro Boy and Kimba the White Lion. Oh, okay, yes. This is actually apparently something he started, though he left by 1968. Basically, this company did not do, he did not have a very good happy history with this company, but part of the reason why it doesn't it doesn't look very good is apparently they would promise a lot more than they could offer they like they promised unrealistic uh, production budgets to outbid other companies because mm. at the time you know japan was the place where you would get your animation done mm-hmm. so it's like well that kind of makes sense that they were over promising what they could do because I, I guess that's another thing for me is like if i feel like this alice looks kind of rushed and lazy to me and with that in mind, it makes a lot more sense about why it doesn't animate so great. Also, fun, fun fact, the company went bankrupt the same year this went out. Uh, this came out. So it was revived later in 1977. So it's 
they they weren't doing hot. <laughs> Apparently, they had like a big major picture failure at the time too. So yeah, that was interesting to me. So did Rankin Bass just outsource all their animation? Oh yeah, but uh, well, I mean, uh, it's not just Rankin Bass. Uh, all the production studios at the time were doing it. Rarely anything is, is animated in America. That's just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Like they they'll do the design work. Like they'll hire. Like for instance, um, let me look it up. I think it's an American who did. Yeah, um, the person who actually did the design work for like Alice and the other characters was done by a person named Paul Coker Jr., who is an American illustrator. Mm-hmm. So they'll do the design work, then they'll, they'll basically hand it over to um, another company and be like, "Hey, animate this." There's also a moment later, basically after talk, and so when I say later, I mean earlier. Excuse me. <laughs> um, when she's talking to the mock turtle, and he says, he, "You can't get to the door uh, from here or the tree, whatever." And she, because they really are all mad here. But the thing I found very strange about this animation when she says that is, okay, so she's crying. She has her hands over her eyes and she's crying when she's saying that. But then she runs like towards the camera, and her dialogue is, has ended as she's running. But then her mouth is moving like she's still saying something. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I even like checked for an alternative version to see if it was like if I was watching something desynced and it wasn't. They could have changed the dialogue after the fact and didn't have time to do some new animation. Yeah, immediately after that, there's also a bit where it cuts to the gardeners who... um their dialogue is also not matching what they're saying exactly. It's close enough. And then it, like, actually legitimately cuts and shifts. So it does make me think there's probably some quote-unquote deleted footage or some mm. some alterations in this, but it is what it is. I don't know if it... I, I would assume it broadcasted this way. I don't know for sure. I technically didn't notice, but also I didn't expect... Like, I wasn't watching this for that kind of a thing, because a lot of times with the animation from that era, the mouths don't really match anyways. They just kind of open and close. Yeah, true. I guess I wasn't paying attention because I wasn't expecting it to be (laughs) that high quality. I mean, okay, that's the point. I I do always like to notice that, because sometimes it's something you can fix just by altering the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I was like, okay, it's not... Everything else is synced, like sound effects and dialogue and stuff. So it's just a weird moment of, it seems like they changed something there audio-wise, and it mm. was too late to do to change it visually. I kind of got the feeling that this, I don't, I don't want to sound too mean, but this was not a labor of love. Like, oh, I no, feel like whoever not. made this was like, well, we got to do some fairy tales. Let's get this over with. Oh, yeah, very much, especially in this kind of, like, compilation anthology mm-hmm. thing where it's just, like, we got to crank these out. And it's only 20 minutes, so it's, like, yeah, it's, there was a lot of, I don't know, odd choices, things they cut out, things they cut down. I even wondered, because at some point there's some backwards animation, and I was, like, I wonder if these, like, it's, it's like, a bird's grasshopper and, I like, I didn't know what was up cracking. with that. That wasn't from the book. It was, like... Uh, well, I okay. was thinking, I was thinking these are probably things they had already animated for something else. Oh, you could be right. Yeah, and they just put them in as like it's Wonderland, it's backwards, like one. You know, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I bet you're right. Yeah, that said, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen the other things or any of their other works, so I don't know if that's the case. But I feel like 
I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if you t- someone was like, yeah, mm. that happened. Anyway, anything else or should we go by story beats? Well, we can go by story beats because it's not oh. going to take very long. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, like, let's see. Everything happens like within the first minute, I think she's in Wonderland because like she's grumbling about her sister's book and then the rabbit shows up and she chases after him. She's down the hole. Can I just say how bad her sister looks? I don't like how her sister looks. It's not a good character. She just has this huge bow like on the front of her head. And it's just like, what are you doing? I think they probably just drew a generic random person. I was like, good enough. She's only in it for two scenes. Yeah. Um, jumping forward a little bit. They cheap out and don't do the shrinking animation here growing. But she says something about she's feeling like a yo-yo. And then she did like this really weird movement with her arms. Like when she sways her arms right after she says it. And I was, I was like, is this meant to illustrate being a yo-yo? It's... <laughs> But it, was, it really stood out, considering like the, a lot of the other animation had been pretty static, and it's like interesting that they felt like they could justify animating that weird movement. I don't think I noticed it, but probably I was taking notes about how quickly they were speeding through things, and this is not one yeah. that I watched twice. It's like a lot of times, I'll watch a movie twice, and I didn't really feel like going back and watching this again. <laughs> oh no! To be honest, it, it became. I, the other cho- the other sin about this Alice is while it's not bad and it's not good, it's middling, but it's also the kind of middling that it's a chore to watch still. Yeah, kind of. Again, on like the chore scale, it's not the worst chore of Alice's to watch, but it was still very... Uh, I had to take a break in the middle of it because I was just bored. Um, which, tells, which tells you something because it's only 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is the kind of Alice where it's like maybe it should still have commercial breaks just for <laughs> just just for a little bit of a mental break. And then the commercial breaks could be like seventies commercials and you could be like, Wow, it's like a time capsule. And that would be so much more interesting. Um <laughs> and then uh if I could skip forward again, when she's in the white rabbit house, I did note this because I thought it was funny. So she she goes in and she sees this little bottle that says drink me and she's like Again, and I'm like, "What the heck, Alice? You, Just you don't, don't drink do it." Yeah, <laughs> but you have a compulsion. Like this, this Alice has to be obedient to anything she reads or anyone tells her. <laughs> like, you ever seen Ella Enchanted? It's like, that. <laughs> it's like, darn it. Oh, do you have any uh, <laughs> any notes yourself at this point? My main note for this was that it was kind of weird that they i mean not i guess it's not weird since they have to get through quickly they skipped Mm. like everything between the shrinking and growing and getting the rabbit's house because like in this version she actually gets through the door Mm. there's no river of tears or anything she shrinks realizes she needs the key she grows she grabs the key she shrinks again and then gets out the door which is kind of interesting because it's one of those things where i suppose for some kids watching it'd be like kind of frustrating that she can't get done what she needs to get done but this version she actually does but then you miss all the stuff in between yeah i also on that note too i also because basically you're saying it's very fast-paced yes and i made a note that she immediately wants to go home yes um that's her whole goal for the whole thing yeah, because she says that, let's see, I have that right after the rabbit's house. She's just like, okay, I'm done. 
I want to go home. <laughs> and it's like, you just got here. You're the one who followed him down. Like, so it's just this like fast pacing while understandable. It's really weird if you put in a subplot that she wants to go home because it just doesn't come across. Well, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's just, why can't you it's just not like, a, it's just not as whimsical. Yeah. I, I don't understand why people keep putting this in. Yeah. Well, her goal in a lot of stories, most versions, is to get to the garden. Yeah. And she gets there immediately. Like, there's no <laughs> looking through the door thinking, oh, what a beautiful garden. I wish I could get there. She just gets there and then, well, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, well, I already completed this video game. It's time to go. Oh, wait, I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. You know, it's funny. People say that kids nowadays don't have attention spans. What about this? Alice is like immediately bored. <laughs> she's in this wonderland. She's like, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to leave. It's not. I mean, it's not not this version of Wonderland is that wondrous. It's mainly just birds flying backwards and a baby bird unhatching. <laughs> no, you know what's interesting about that is that kind of like I don't believe this is on purpose at all, but they inadvertently like kind of reference Sylvie and Bruno. There's like a a watch in that story where um. You can make things go backwards in time. So, like, hmm. for instance, uh, I think in the book, like, there's a meal, and the narrator makes it go backwards. So, you, like, you see them taking the food out of their mouth undigested and then, like, putting the food back together. So, it's like she's watching some uh, a bird being born from an egg backwards. But I don't think they purposely meant that at all, and they don't do anything interesting with it. <laughs> Just like, oh, ain't it wacky? Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't read that book, so that wouldn't have ma- meant anything to me. I actually don't recommend reading it. Um, <laughs> there's a, what was it called? Shortly after he died, was it his nephew? It might have been his nephew, but ba- basically someone in this family created a truncated version of Sylvie and Bruno that was basically all the like the fun parts with the nonsense in the fairyland. Uh, if anything, you could read that, but I, I wouldn't recommend reading the whole thing. But yeah, I don't think that shows up in that truncated version because that was uh, something with happening with the adult narrator, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I believe, if anything, maybe they might have been trying to refer to, um, you know, oh, that's the effect of living backwards. Oh. But they don't do anything with it or refer to that. So I, I really, like, my first instinct is they're just being lazy. I think you're probably correct. I think this is one of those things we're overanalyzing. <laughs> yeah, just like try to put Alice spin on it. Like, well, actually, it's a reference to, and it's like, no, it's just being lazy. <laughs> but I do find that interesting that they might, they probably weren't thinking that deeply into it, and they accidentally reference Lewis Carroll like idea of going backwards. Okay, my next note is when she gets stuck in the house, the white rabbit actually helps her. Which I was that was like, odd too. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a version where they're like friendly. Yeah, actually, this white rabbit is really nice. Just like, oh yeah, you got stuck in my house. You probably ruined everything inside, but it's fine. Have a cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have a cookie. Here's some directions. But the other interesting thing about this rabbit is that I think this is the only one where he actually recognizes her from the overworld. Like he actually. Oh, that's true. Talks. Yeah, most of the time, once you get to Wonderland. The white rabbit never ever mentions being above ground or like even referring to it yeah, or seeing Alice up there or anything. So this was like, you know, that's actually really interesting that he 
It's like, oh yeah, you live in the big house with your sister, which indicates that he visits a lot for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's the rabbit story? Can we focus on the rabbit now? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've never really they... thought about like why was the rabbit above ground in the first place? <laughs> yeah. But finally, I can think of another version where they actually do cover that. Um, but it's like the the sim date Alice in the Country of Hearts, where apparently the rabbit is in love with her for whatever whatever reason. <laughs> so he's he goes to the above ground a lot to go watch her and stuff. I've not heard of this one. <laughs> Uh, there's actually is a movie version of it, but I don't recommend it because it's not like explained what's going. It's the movie version. The movie is only f- if you already know what's going on, but there's no anime. It was just a manga and a sim date game and that's it. Um, anyway, my point is the only other Alice I can think of where it actually addresses the white rabbit being in above ground is that one. And this one's still not addressed, but like, there's a history and now I'm interested and I want to know. But I'm never going to know. <laughs> this is a stupid little cartoon from the 70s. I don't think they knew. I think they just probably threw that in because they were trying to make this make more sense. There was a lot of things that I felt like they were changing because they were like, well, that doesn't make sense. We got to have somebody have a reason for what they're doing. Yeah, probably. Um, like, especially this, all the stuff with wanting to go home. Like That's her whole driving force. Like, everybody she talks to like she's just looking for directions instead of it just being a random journey through a weird place yeah i agree i feel like people don't really know how to handle alice sometimes like they're just it makes them uncomfortable for it not to make sense so they have to try yeah Yeah. it's interesting is i actually have had people like tell me they never liked alice in wonderland as a story because it doesn't make sense and i'm like that's the whole point you know, it's, um, it's one of the reasons I like it. Yeah. It's like I like how weird it is. Literally the point. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, that's just a preference. I would say it probably is a majority preference, at least when it comes to like films. And it's part of why Alice doesn't do well as a film usually historically. Mm. So you always get these versions where they, they try to explain things. And sometimes it's done well and, and can be interesting. And other times just like, why? Why would you? I thought it was interesting that the rabbit indicates it's it's Hatter's house and not the hare's. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very common misconception. It happens a lot. And then she gets there and it looks like it's designed after the hare, like in the book. Which, by the way, can I mention this house is terrifying? And um, <laughs> I think we should just cut it out of existence. It's a terrifying house. I don't like it. But yeah, it's interesting that the Hatter's house, he's based his house off his friend. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> like, I want to live in your head. <laughs> <laughs> and then that uh, tea party, that's where we get the how is a crow like a school desk. I also noted that instead of tea tray in the sky, he said teapot. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very strange alteration that didn't make any sense. Because the point of the tea tray is, like, the wings are spread out, right? Like, you could put things on the wings span like a, like a tray. But the teapot isn't spread out. It's just a teapot. So it doesn't make any sense. I suppose they're probably thinking American kids aren't going to know what a tea tray is. So, teapot. It's ah, so cringe, though. I mean, we have trays. <laughs> or just say, like, a tray in the sky. Oh, one thing interesting about this tea party is that it shows the milk jug being spilled. 
which is something that supposedly happens canonically, but is never, ever shown. So I was like, that's an interesting thing to decide to be faithful on, <laughs> especially when you've changed so much about this scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why is that? Like, you're, oh, we got, we need to be faithful to the original text for this, guys. And then after that, we'll just go on a long expedition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was weird. I was like, <laughs> I wonder how many days she spent with these people. <laughs> rafting up a stream, going spelunking through a cave, climbing a mountain. When I was watching that, I was like, they've cut out so much of the actual story. Why are they adding this? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be like a gag, but yeah, they could have spent that like on other things instead of this. But here we are. This is the, the version of the future they chose. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was strange to have the mock turtle without the griffin. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, it's just a different dynamic when you don't have a griffin. In general, actually, I do feel like they kind of miss the whole point of the mock turtle and the, you know, the mock turtle scene in general. Like you mentioned earlier, yeah. he, was, he wasn't he was sad. Which, I guess, means they don't need the griffin, because the griffin's what's the one that's supposed to, like, prod him into saying things where Alice would be too polite to do so. The whole scene felt to me like someone was reading the book and were like, this guy is just saying puns all the time. Why not make him aware of it? It's also, I think, the only time we get a visual of his school days under the sea. Also, uh, important note, he just looks like a turtle. Yeah, that's what I, that's what was yeah. my main note with him. Is like, this is not a mock turtle, this is just a turtle. Yeah, it's it does make me wonder if... Oh, no, actually, his design would have been done by the American. Yeah, they just missed the mark here yeah. for no discernible reason. Skipping forward a little bit to when the executioner is on scene. I actually think the executioner is a little bit funny. And it was the closest... I didn't laugh, but it was the closest I came to laughing. I think I know what you're talking about, and I think I felt the same. They really played on the exasperation. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about it. It's like, actually, why don't other Alice's play into this more? Because it actually could be really, really funny. Yeah. But at one point, the executioner is just like... You could tell... He's on his last threat, like his la- last threat of sanity. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. And then, like, cut off the tail. He's like, it's the same thing. Here. Like, I, I want to see executioner lose it now. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I, I liked him. Yeah, and kind of in the same vein, but not exactly the same. And I don't know how much of, well, both that and this is something that they were consciously thinking of. But like with the Mad Tea Party, Mm. I felt like this was one of the best versions that captured just how obnoxious everyone is. That is a a good point. A lot of versions will make the Mad Tea Party whimsical and fun, which I mean, I love those versions. But Alice is annoyed with these people. And this version really captured how annoying they all are. (laughs) Like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but at least it felt sort of book accurate. Well, <laughs> hands down, I think 1999 is the best at that, especially in regards to Tea Party. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's really well balanced where it yes. has fun moments, because I do feel like Alice has fun moments here, but then they get so obnoxious and mm-hmm. rude and even a little bit scary sometimes. A lot of other versions are either it's too fun, it doesn't make sense why she wants to leave, everyone's too nice, 
off the top of my head, I feel like 1985 Hatter's too nice to like actually want to leave. Though that said, he has some really good lines too. But anyway, you make a good point. This one, uh, they play more on how obnoxious everybody is. And it probably is more book accurate than other versions. So I'll give them a point. <laughs> a single point. Well, two points for the executioner too. Yeah, okay. Actually, l- let me think of the points I could give this one. <laughs> um, I'll give them a half a point for, you know, have a, a counter of Jenna points. <laughs> Uh, I'll give them a half a point for doing the backwards thing because I don't think they were I I think they accidentally stumbled upon that for living backwards (laughs) Uh, I don't think they did that on purpose and um, that's it I guess so two and a half points (laughs) (laughs) I I mean I think it's interesting that the rabbit recognizes her but I don't think that's worth a point if that makes sense yeah yeah, so I don't know what my criteria is for points because I'm making this up on the spot, but I don't feel like that's it. So yeah, two and a half points, and that's <laughs> my feelings on this adaptation. I don't feel like giving them many points because I was just kind of bored and or annoyed through a lot of uh, it. Actually, I'll give them another half point because they spilt the milk jug. Uh, <laughs> so three points. <laughs> And then one thing I was kind of curious about whether they intended it was the ending. You know, she, in a classic, she wakes up and she's like, but it was so real. But in this, in this it just like the music. That, I had that same note. It was like the music yeah. is so weird. It's kind of like. It feels like the Twilight Zone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alice like, in the Twilight Are they zone. trying to give kids their first existential crisis? Because <laughs> she's yeah. like, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't. Or was I? <laughs> and then the music is all weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like not whimsical at all. It's it's it sounds like kind of ominous and yeah. like yeah. I was like, this is very Twilight Zone. I this, you know, and I, I was curious whether they intended it to feel that way. I don't know. It was strange. Yeah, honestly, I could kind of go for a Twilight. Doing Alice in Wonderland in a Twilight Zone kind of way would it be amazing? And someone should do that. It would, yeah. Yeah, it actually lends idea. itself really well to that, like even being faithful. So it's somebody should. Um, yeah. I'm going to start my own studios where it's we only do Alice Wonderland adaptations, but different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how successful that would be monetarily, <laughs> but I would watch everything that you put out. <laughs> Thank you, my first, my first fan. <laughs> But yeah, that I that because I have a list of things I want, uh, like different Alice's I would like, and I I think that's a new Alice I would like. You know, I'm gonna give them another half point because they inspired me to have a new imaginary Alice, and that, so three and a half points. Um, <laughs> Pretty soon, there's gonna be like a five star film. You keep giving them extra points. <laughs> no, I don't think there's anything else I could give the points for. Um, but no, because it's Twilight Zone. Alice would be amazing, and I want that to happen now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's it. If anything, my my ending regards are about wanting to see another Alice <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist over this. So I, I think that sums it up pretty much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also, actually, I will end this by comparing it to the 1977 anime Alice. I feel like that one was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you give me. It's about 20 minutes, so if, if I had to choose a 20-minute Alice, I would choose that one. Yeah, 
I, th- I would too. It actually, like, it wasn't the greatest adaptation, but they actually had some semblance of style to it. I think that it's also a lot more care into it. Maybe part of why this one might feel weird is because of the different, like, international teams not communicating with each other, too. Just like It could be. Yeah. American goes, I want to make production. You did the designs. Okay, now we're going to send it over to Japan. And then they're going to ship it back and we'll just air it, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas the 1977 anime, obviously it was a creative team that did their own version of it. And it feels more cohesive than this, for instance. Like you said, it has more style. I feel like it has a better story pace. They cover way more of the story than they do, actually, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, ending notes. I want to watch another one now. Um, <laughs> do you have any any closing remarks of your own about it? Mine was just how weird it ended. <laughs> like, I was just kind of, I don't know, dumbstruck by how strange the end was. Yeah, I, I can't emphasize enough how strange it is. Even though, like, really, there's not, even when you really analyze it, there's not really that much different from other Alice's, but just the way, the tone. The music, just, the music is what made it so yeah. odd. Like, if they had done with, like, whimsical music it wouldn't have felt weird even with the same dialogue the same take everything mm. it was the music that made it feel so eerie yeah it was a strange choice yes very okay well i think that's probably all we have to say about this version <laughs> one of these days we'll have to talk about one that we both really like <laughs> Let, later i will message you saying i thought of another half point i could give this <laughs> you'll have to update your rate okay well until next time do you want to let people know where where they can find you if they want more from you yeah um fantifies on youtube and love gift of a fairy tale on youtube as well that, that's probably the one i'm using more often nowadays okay well until the next episode until then Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.